You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Jets podcast. It is Thursday, June 24th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from gangreennation.com. And today our episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. Joining us today for the latest installment of the Listener Spotlight series is Chad, who is a listener of Locked On Jets and a Jets fan living in Connecticut. Chad, thanks so much for joining me today. Hey, John. Thanks a lot for having me. So, Chad, before we began recording, you mentioned that you actually, as a kid, were a fan of the Detroit Lions before you were a fan of the New York Jets. So walk us through how you started rooting for the Lions and how you switched over to the Jets eventually. Yeah, so I I was always just uh, in love with Barry Sanders, um, just uh, loved the way he played. And um, so I was really more of a, a Barry Sanders fan, honestly. Um, you know, I had, uh, I remember having a, um, you know, those old starter jackets. I had a, you know, the blue Detroit Lion one when I was, when I was younger. And uh, I always got questions around why I was a Detroit Lions fan. But, um, you know, as I got older, um, my, um, my dad who grew up in Queens near Shea stadium, he was a, he was a Jets fan. Um, and so, you know, that was, um, that was more predominantly, uh, on in my household. Um, and eventually, you know, and, uh, I would say probably around the like 1998 run with, um, you know, the Jets finding success with Parcells and making that AFC championship run. I'd say that's when my, my fandom started to, uh, to transition and I became, you know, more interested in rooting for, uh, for the local team by that age. Now that's an interesting timeline because 1997, Parcells' first year, the Jets played in Detroit the last game of the season, and the Lions knocked the Jets out of the playoffs, and that was a game where Barry Sanders went over the 2,000-yard mark. Do you remember that game, and who were you rooting for? I do. At the time, I was definitely, you know, I was definitely still rooting for for Sanders, and you know, after I think it was really after that year um, that you know just. You know, it's funny because being a Lions fan at the time, it was like, you know, they could never put anything around Barry Sanders to make that team successful, which is, um, you know, an interesting <laughs> dynamic now being being a Jets fan. So I was definitely rooting for the Lions at the at the time. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of throughout that 98 season, I just remember the Jets having success and it just being, um, you know, something that my dad was excited about. And so, you know, watching playoff games of uh, of the Jets that year was, you know, it was like, you know, at the time it was like, oh, now I'm jumping on the bandwagon, which is an interesting, uh, you know, turn of events for a Jet fan. I'm glad that you're just moving past that Detroit game because that's like one of those games I'll never get over. Because Bill Parcells did some very bizarre things in that game. He tried a halfback pass near the goal line in the second half that, you know, may have cost the Jets the game that got intercepted, which is a blown call, by the way. Like, I remember even all these years later, 24 years later, I remember the refs blew that call and instant replay was not part of the NFL. So yeah, let's move on. That game, for some reason, that game bothers me to this day because the Jets had a shot to make the playoffs that day off a of 1-15 season. And they lost, they, I mean, Parcells put Ray Lucas in the game in the first half of a series for some reason. He threw an interception. You just brought back a lot of bad memories, Chad. You're, you're like... Um, <laughs> I say jokingly, you're lucky I haven't entered the entered the interview right now because you've just like 
got, you've given me so many flashbacks to that game in Detroit that like I carry with me all these years later. You know, it's funny. If I remember correctly, uh, you know, 2000 is a, a year that I remember a lot. I would say that's when I like really, really started to get into following the Jets kind of regularly. And I, if I remember correctly, they played the Lions late in that year, too, when, you know, they had started out with something like five or six and one. Um, you know, they had the, the Monday Night Miracle game and, and then they had dropped like three in a row, one three in a row. I think they lost the last three. And I think the Lions were one of those games, if I remember correctly. I think it was week six, week 16, John Hall missed the field goal in the fourth quarter. Yeah, the low scoring game. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, the, the Lions have brought me a lot, have brought me a surprising <laughs> amount of pain considering how rarely the Jets play them. And then the end of that season, that was week 16 because week 17, the Jets went down to Baltimore. And played the Ravens. And that was like the year of like the legendary Ravens defense, the 2000 Ravens. And I remember the, that game, like the Jets got off to this really hot start. I think they were up 14 nothing, and then it was all downhill from there. Yeah. So let's yeah, talk about up, happier times. Giving up almost 40. <laughs> let's talk about some happier times. So, you know, you mentioned the 98 season. Do you have any distinct memories from that year? You know, I mostly just remember a lot of the, 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 the playoff run and, you know, uh, not really seeing a lot of successful football before then just seeing, you know, a team in the playoffs was, was, was obviously exciting. And, you know, that, that game was certainly, you know, a disappointment, but it was at the time just exciting to kind of see a, a, a good run of, uh, of football. Um, so, you know, I don't remember a lot of the, the details of throughout that season, but it was, you know, it was just kind of something to get excited about. And, um, you know, from there, I, you know, at that point, I think Barry Sanders retired in, in I think it was 99. Um, and, he, you know, that, that team was sort of a disaster. So by that point, I had sort of moved on fully to uh, my Jets fandom. Because you saw the Lions. You said, that team's a total disaster. I want to move to a team that's not a disaster like the Jets. Yeah. And then, <laughs> funny how that worked out. Although the Jets did have some good years around the turn of the century. You know, the Herm Edwards, they made the playoffs three times in five years. Yeah, and I remember, you know, 2000 was, you know, the first game that I actually went to in person. Um, they played the Bills early in that season. I think it was like week two or three. And um, that was the first game I went to. And I've, you know, always sort of since have a lot of fond memories of going to games. And I love going to games. Um, you know, I remember early in that game, I forget who the player was, but someone had a kick return for the touch for a touchdown, like in that in the first quarter of that game. And I remember, I remember being in like the upper deck and like beer getting thrown around, and you know, it was just uh, it was a lot of fun. And they got off to a good start that season. And obviously, it you know it fell apart and ushered in the the Herm Edwards era, which you know had its had its ups and downs, but certainly you know some regular playoff runs, which was which was great, and some you know some good memories of some uh, some nice games in the in that uh, in that era. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including baseball, basketball, hockey, and all your UFC, MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. 
So I know you mentioned 98 was around the time you started following. Was the Herm Edwards era like the era you really remember, like really understanding the game? Is, is that like when you look back and you, you really started following the team, like really knowing who the, who the big guys were on the, on the roster? Yeah, I was definitely older at that point. So that's when I, you know, I definitely started to more regularly follow year in and year out. Um, you know, I actually oddly just like I've always been really interested in the uh, in the in the NFL draft, which I guess as a Jets fan sort of makes sense. It's kind of our Super Bowl every year. Um, and so, you know, even around that point, I, I got really interested in the NFL draft and, you know, kind of followed um, kind of followed all that, um, so, you know, like to really through like, you know, the, the 2000 through you know, the rest of the Herm error is really when, you know, I, um, I started to regularly watch and follow the team. Let's talk about some reflections you may have from the Eric Mangini era. Mangini, of course, was the Jets coach from 06 through 08. Some good stuff at the beginning, some mediocre stuff in the middle, some promising stuff at the end that did not pan out. What were some of your memories from that era? Yeah, you know, I remember that first year, you know, they came off the like I think it was a four and 12 season the um, the year before that. And so, you know, it was, it was, it was a big turnaround. I remember at the time, like, you know, Mangini getting a lot, a lot of credit, you know, the whole Mangenius <laughs> moniker. Um, but I remember it being, you know, just the way that the Herm Edwards era ended, um, you know, it was, it was nice to kind of see that, um, that quick turnaround. And so, you know, I was sort of excited for, for what he brought to the, uh, to the table. But, you know, at the same time, it always kind of felt like, you know, at that point there was just with Chad Pennington, just, you know, the, all the injuries and, you know, he played well in that first year. Um, but, you know, after that it was, you know, kind of downhill with his health and the whole, like, you know, bringing Kellen Clemens, which I just never understood. Um, you know, after that first year, it was just, it was, you know, it just, it seemed like it never persisted. And so, you know, I, I thought it ended more quickly than I thought it would, but you know, that's, that, that era itself is, um, you know, it's, I think there's less like, there's less like interesting moments to me as there was during the Herm Edwards era and certainly during Rex's era. It was so anticlimactic because, you know, if you, if you were not a Jets fan during that time, you cannot really appreciate how exciting things were after that first year because heading into that 2006 season, which was Mangini's first with the team, the Jets were expected to be the worst team in the NFL. Everybody said they were going to have the top draft pick. It was like one of those seasons like 2017 where people thought they had no talent. And out of nowhere, they win 10 games. And you have this coach who the Jets hired from New England. He was like Bill Belichick's protege and it really felt like like everybody thought we had the next belichick you know that's why he was called man genius he like even had cameos on the sopranos which was a you know big show on hbo at the time and the the rest of the Mangini era was just so like anticlimactic yeah it felt like they had a really good nucleus kind of coming off of the herm edwards era on defense like you know Jonathan Vilma and Kerry Rhodes and some, you know, some, some good players that were, you know, starting to ascend at that time. Um, and so like, I felt like the, I felt like defensively at that point, like they, they started to build up a, a good core, which a lot of it ended up being kind of what drove a lot of the Rex era too. Um, but yeah, like, you know, off coming off that year, it was just like, it almost, I almost liken it to kind of the 2015 year where like it kind of came out of nowhere, um, you know, it, it first year coach with Bulls and, 
it was like seemingly like the start of uh, success, and then the next year it just sort of fell flat. Um, so it was, it was pretty similar to uh, to what I'm sure we'll talk about in uh, in that era as well. Well, let's let's talk about it because that tends to be the highlight of these listener spotlight segments. You know, unless you were a fan of the stock exchange days or even going back really far to the Namath days. I mean, I think for most Jets fans who are around now, the Rex era is probably like the highlight of your Jets fandom. Yeah, for sure. And for me, like that timing coincided with like the, the, the 2009 run Sanchez's first year. That was, that was my senior year of college. And then, um, you know, obviously sort of stumbled into the playoffs that year, but you know, had had a really good defense, had a great offensive line, and you know, got in there and you know had those big wins, and you know, were it was it was sort of like we were playing with house money, you know, going and playing the Colts and leading in first half. Like even you know, it was obviously disappointing when they lost that game, but it you know it, it felt like the team was you know it was a stretch for for us to have gotten there in the in the first place at that time. So you know, that from 2009, 2010, like, you know, going into that 2010 season was obviously probably the most, you know, optimistic and exciting time as, as, as a Jets fan. And, you know, obviously a lot of success that season. And that was like my first year out of college. And so that was like, you know, the peak of, you know, my, my available time to, to be a sports fan. Um, and so, you know, I've obviously, a, you know, a ton of great memories from, from, from that run. Um, you know, that's, the loss, the you know, the, the loss of the Steelers in the AFC Championship game. I, I feel like I actually blocked a lot of that out of my memory. Oddly, I don't remember like a ton of details on on that game specifically, but you know, it was a great run, and obviously that 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 loss was super disappointing. Um, but then it's like you know, it felt like as quickly as the, as that success came, you know, then you know, basically it the Victor Cruz pass, you know, the, the year before kind of feels like when, you know, that era died, even though he, you know, Rex was around for whatever, two seasons after that. But yeah, that was, that was certainly the, uh, the highlight of, um, you know, my fandom and, and, and most. And I mean, like that Pittsburgh loss was bitter. Like, I mean, I was crushed at the, the night the Steelers beat the Jets in the AFC. I really thought the Jets were going to win the Super Bowl that year. But even then you kind of felt, you, you looked at this, from afar and he said okay we've had we had a coach who was just finished his second season we had a quarterback who was finished his second season they've been in the afc championship game both seasons they've been with the jets we're going to be back yeah exactly like i I, you know sanchez was young he you know you still kind of thought you'd get you know continued growth out of him and you know and then even the next year like 2011 like you know the that opening win against the Cowboys and, you know, there's a couple of good wins and then it just, you know, obviously the, it didn't persist throughout, um, throughout the year. Like they just had, you know, just brutal losses throughout 2011. And, you know, I think it, it, you know, it, it felt like we definitely should have like taken the next step or like should have at that point, you could think we'd be like, you know, a perennial playoff contender and just the way that the way that that season ended, you know, was it just it felt like it it felt like it was over at the time I remember um and then obviously you know after that it didn't get any better so before we move on to other topics we've kind of reached the difficult part in like the timeline portion of the listener spotlight segment is there anything you want to say about the last 10 years of Jets football before we move on to another topic 
You know, it's just the way I would describe it is I, I feel like everything since the like the Rex Ryan Tannenbaum split was, and even like you know, I, I guess the the way that that relationship was is everything since then has just been so seemingly misaligned for this organization. You know, like GMs and coaches not aligned, just terrible team building philosophies, some of the worst free agent reaches in history, cough, cough, Tremaine Johnson, you know, and, you know, young quarterbacks with bad supporting cast, like you name it. Like, it's just, that's, that's like the story of the, you know, the next, the last 10 years. And, you know, there's, there's some of the worst memories in, you know, in between there. Um, and obviously not a lot of good football other than, you know, lightning in the bottle in, in 2015. Um, but, you know, it's a, it's a, it's mostly a decade that uh, we'd, we'd love to forget about. Do you get to many, do you get to go to many games? So I, um, I became a season ticket holder um, about three years ago. Um, so when I, you know, the, the, the whole season ticket holder PSL thing is, uh, you know, I think I think we're we're both aligned on uh, on how on how big of a joke that is for fans. But I ended up getting PSLs at uh, secondhand at like a pretty good price, and I, I I love to go to games. So for me, it's you know it's a uh, it's a sunk cost. I'm not trying to make like a, a major investment out of it. So I just I love going to games. So I've, over the past three years, obviously other than the COVID year last year, I've um you know I try to make most of uh, most of the games. What are some of your favorite memories at the stadium? You know, obviously, a lot of the the games I went to early on, um, you know, back in the uh, back in the old Meadowlands, um, some great memories there. Um, you know, more recently, you know, actually the the first the first year of Adam Gase, um, that um, you know, the years ago when they went um, seven and nine, uh, like oddly, like a lot of the the home games that year, the Jets played pretty well. Obviously, other than the some of the early ones when. Um, when uh, when Sam Darnold was hurt, and so that that was actually a really fun year of games to go to. You know, you had the the Oakland Raiders game, you had the the win over the Giants. So there was a lot of really good home games that year. Um, a lot of good memories from uh, from that season, other than you know otherwise how it turned out, some of the craziness of that year. But um, you know that year sticks out to me as a lot of a lot of great games. That might be the first time I've ever heard anybody refer to any part of the Adam Gase era as a highlight. It's it's just funny how it worked out timing wise with the games that I that I went to. I you know like it was almost strategically like I didn't go to the Patriots game that year, which was the Sam Darnold seeing ghosts. Um, the the only the only loss that I went to that year was the the week one loss against Buffalo, which was you know obviously terrible. But. Even though they played pretty well in that game for like the first three quarters, it's not like you saw. I mean, you saw a dreadful fourth quarter, but you saw some pretty good football at least for like three quarters. Yeah, those three quarters, it felt like it was like, wow, all the, you know, that was coming off of all the big, you know, McCagnon signings. And, you know, you see C.J. Mosley looking like, you know, the best player on the field for, you know, three quarters until he gets hurt. You know, they're shutting out what ended up being like a really good, really good offense. And he goes down and, you know, can't get anything going offensively. And you have Vedvik or K.K. Vedvik, whatever the kicker's name was just you know blowing the game it was it was rough but other than that you know it, it it felt like you know at least the start to the Gase era like looked somewhat positive and then you know everything happened with with Darnold and you know the middle of that season just was a murderer's row of uh, of some of some good football teams and um yeah it's 
but then other than that, sort of, you know, they played really well in a lot of the home games. And, you know, when Darnold did come back and a lot of the road games is when you had the, you know, the disaster of losing to the Dolphins and the Bengals. And so it's, uh, it was, it was a very Jekyll and Hyde season, depending on uh, which games you're going to. Built's Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. These may be protein bars, but they taste like candy bars. They're delicious. They're covered in chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew and they're healthy. Most flavors have 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. If you go to BuiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15, it's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, for 15% off at BuiltBar, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Chain stores have different price tiers for professional mechanics and do-it-yourselfers, but rockauto.com's prices are the same for everybody, and they are always reliably low. rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Rockauto.com. Who are some of your favorite Jets, both historically and on the current team? Yeah, I'd say like from, from early on in my fandom, Curtis Martin and, and Chad Pennington. Um, as well as Mo Lewis, who, who was like my dad's favorite player. Um, those are the ones, you know, kind of in the early days that I that I was really fond of. Um, you know, probably from like the Mangeri, Mangini and Rex errors, Revis was, uh, you know, my favorite player. And then, you know, like since then, um, you know, there really haven't been a lot of great Jets players who have stuck along for prolonged periods of time to, you know, really get attached to. You know, I was, I was fond of Jamal Adams and, you know, until he talked his way out of town. But, you know, there really haven't been too many guys. And so, um, you know, buying, uh, buying Jets jerseys these days is, uh, you know, is a, a serious financial risk because, uh, you know, you don't know if that guy's going to, going to stick around or if he's going to pan out, but, you know, so hoping, hoping some of these, uh, these young guys blossom and become the, uh, the next crop of players that, uh, that me and my kids will uh, reminisce about hopefully someday. Yeah, I've given up. I, the last time I went to a game, it was the Dallas game in 2019, and I just wore my Revis jersey. I, I just said I'm not investing in any more jerseys. It's um, it's become a sort of a uh, a yearly thing where uh, my wife and my kids will get me a uh, a new jersey for for Father's Day, and so you know, this year it was like, all right, well, you know, give me a Zach Wilson jersey, we'll take a stab at that, but the ones that I'd gotten the previous years, it was like Jamal Adams, Darnold, and, you know, all these guys who are no longer, so I've got a couple jerseys sitting in my closet that are, uh, you know, keepsakes at this point. Oh, so, so now we know who to blame. If, if... Hey, listen, if, if that's if that's what will turn it around, I won't buy another jersey again, John. <laughs> Oh man, uh, that's uh, I, I don't blame you. There, I remember there was actually a listener spotlight segment we did a year ago, and it was with the I think it was with the season ticket holder who was at that Buffalo game, and he mentioned that after CJ Mosley had a pick six, he turned to his friend and said, "Worth every penny." And he at that point he he's convinced that he jinxed CJ Mosley. So I don't think that that's the reason, <laughs> and I, I don't think I don't think your your jersey purchases or 
the, the jerseys you receive as Father's Day gifts are really the reason these players have not panned out. I think that on the list that would be pretty low. Yeah, I'm uh, I'm in agreement with that. We've got we've got some very notable other larger problems. So, what do you think of the current direction of the Jets? You know, I um, I'd, I'd say that short term, I I don't want to get a, ahead of myself, but I think this is the most optimistic that I've been about this organization since you know the 2009 going into 2010 and. You know, I don't necessarily think that this season is, you know, that we're, we're playoff bound or, or anything like that. But it it just kind of feels nice to have what feels like leadership in the building that's actually on the same page for the first time that I can remember. You know, you've got, you know, I think ownership allowing the football guy and Joe Douglas to pick the guy he wants to ride with in Salah is just, I mean, that's a huge change in my opinion. And, you know, I think... I don't necessarily think it was a slam dunk decision per se, but I was I was in agreement of with you know with moving on from Sam Darnold, even though I was you know I was definitely a fan of the pick when they made it. I just you know I think the organization failed him, but at the same time I, I don't think he ever really improved on on the issues that he had coming out of college with the bad footwork and poor decision making. And so you know I thought it made sense to to make the change while while you have the second pick and you feel good about a crop of quarterbacks because um, you you know you just don't know when you're going to get an opportunity like that. The Jets have been you know for for a decade we're trying to you know get star quarterbacks to develop in you know in later rounds or taking flyers on older veteran quarterbacks and so you know i think i think the marry the opportunity with the timing of you have you know the gm his coach and you get the quarterback and start to develop from there i like what they've done in the draft in the past two years especially this year and so yeah you know the future the future feels bright to me obviously a significant amount of that hinges on them properly bringing along Zach Wilson. And so I'll hold reservations until I actually see him this year before I get too excited. But, you know, I think you have to like the the path that they've, that they've been on the last two years, at least in terms of rebuilding and the philosophy around building. And I have to ask, are you a Michael Carter fan? And the reason I ask that is, you know, you mentioned how you were a Barry Sanders fan when you were younger and you mentioned Curtis Martin is one of your favorite players. Seems like you're kind of a running backs guy. Yeah, you know, I I was I was a little surprised they didn't go running back earlier, but I guess you know with the them moving up for for Elijah Vera Tucker and not having a third round pick, um, you know, I I I thought it made sense. If, I think they would have probably, it sounded like they would have went Michael Carter in the third round if they even if they they had that pick. So, you know, I think it's I think it's smart that they and they they really haven't even drafted a running back, you know, outside of, of P Ryan, I think it was a fourth round pick. So. You know, I'm excited that they they you know they they got a guy who's you know versatile and and, and has got talent catching the ball and you know it's got speed. It'll be it'll be exciting to have you know kind of a young guy back there. So you know, I was a fan of that pick. I was a fan of them, you know, going offense early. Um, so I like I, I like what they've done. And my last question is just how did you find the podcast? Yeah, so I used to commute into into New York City. I lived in uh, New Jersey for for a couple of years, um, and so I was always on the lookout for new podcast content um, to 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 fill up my commute. And so uh, I think I was perusing through Spotify one day and was just searching out Jets content and came across Locked On Jets. And you've been a part of my my daily routine, you know, basically ever since. And so while I was commuting, and even now, even though I I don't commute part of my, you know, drive to drop my kids off or, you know, I incorporate it as part of uh, my, uh, my day. So 
I've always just um, really loved the, you know, the regular, consistent, insightful content that uh, that you provide. That is not just fully news based. I love a lot of the, uh, I love a lot of the, the kind of deep analyst uh, analysis that you get into, and so I appreciate what you do. Yeah, thank you so much for joining. Thanks a lot, John. And thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. If you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and please leave it a good review. Have a great Thursday. We'll be back next time to talk more Jets.